0: This time, this time, this 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 time, 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 this
1: time, this time. ceiling. Has your skill set limited your training gains? Several years ago, I came off a hiatus to rediscover rock climbing in the form of clipping bolts. After embarrassingly realizing complete failure on an 11A and an incredibly painful pump that lasted about six hours, true story, it was obvious that I lacked endurance, specifically when the rock was even slightly steeper than vertical. Like any good climber, I got my ass into the gym ASAP and ran laps like a madman. Up, down, up, down, up, down again. Soon I was an endurance machine. 5'12 went down without a fight. 12D seemed tough, so I spent a week in the gym working on anaerobic endurance on pockets, and I went back out and did 12D, twice, back to back. My first 5'13 took four tries. I was cruising along, thinking that 5'14 must be just around the corner. But right about the time I hit 13B, I hit something else as well. A false ceiling. I trained harder than ever. No improvement. Still harder. No improvement. Harder again. Why couldn't I get stronger? More than once, I made the comment, who needs power when you have technique? How wrong I was. This false ceiling I had bumped into was all about a lack of power and the techniques associated with it. Without that extra power, my anaerobic endurance was absolutely maxed and could go no higher. I had upped the intensity, but the workout had basically stayed the same and my body needed something different to respond to. If you've been stuck at a specific difficulty for some time, you may think that you're nearing your genetic potential. Oftentimes, this is far from the case. Reaching genetic potential isn't as easy as destroying yourself at every training session and hoping that it transfers to the rock. Examine your training. Has it gone through any dramatic changes in the last year or two, or have you, like so many others, succumbed to the trap of repeating a familiar workout ad nauseum? Let me say this. If you have a glaring weakness, consider yourself lucky. Realizing that my power was a major weak link was the last easy conclusion I've come to regarding my training. When the weaknesses are harder to locate, the decisions about how to train become infinitely harder and the improvements minuscule. Count your blessings and let's look at your weakness and at how you're training. Here's how it usually plays out. You discovered some unique training tool or workout that sounded like exactly what you needed. After a few weeks of use, you saw great results. You kept with it and reaped the benefits for months. Then the results tapered off every time you were getting flustered at making little progress on the rock you would just flog yourself harder in the gym when you were about to drop the workout you found some small reason to keep doing it and on it goes stop now open your eyes and look very closely at your climbing no excuses no saying oh that's just how i climb no citing that one time you tried to use the sloper instead of the crimp and it didn't work Just an honest evaluation. In the past year, have you talked about a weakness repeatedly, but not addressed it in the gym? We all know what we're bad at. We just generally push it to the back of our minds and keep building on our strengths with little or no improvements in overall ability. Pull that thing or things out of that dusty corner, brush off the cobwebs, and make it your main focus for the next phase of your training. Take those training tools that you've been using and turn your back on them for the next few months. If you always do laps, go bouldering. If you always boulder, run some laps. And on and on and on. Yes, you. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'll say it again. Most climbers I talk to have some excuse as to why they aren't training their weakness. Many of their workouts are the same every week, year after year. They talk, read, eat, and breathe training and climbing, but rarely make the necessary changes to their training to stimulate their body. The fact is, you will never get within earshot of your potential if you don't have a complete skill set. No matter how hard you train, no matter how much blood, sweat, and tears you contribute to the cause, you'll never get the job done without the tools. So what are you waiting for? I understand it's scary it's a blow to the ego to go into the gym and really suck in front of everybody or even just in your own head but how comforting is it to watch other climbers keep passing you up train smarter not harder and when you learn that train smarter and harder my name is
0: Dale Wilson I'm a Data analyst around power company parts. Um, yeah, live in Michigan with my wife, my dog, and my beautiful young new baby, who's super cool. Um, yeah, that's about it. I've been climbing since 2009 or 2010,
1: something. Hey. When you said data analyst, I heard it as dada, like d a d a, and I was like, oh, that's a clever pun. Yeah, Lana, Lana would like that. I would, I would say that. Also, you are our like meme expert in the Slack <laughs> channel. I think that's that's one of my favorite things about your posting in the Slack channel is I can always count on you for a great meme following up on something.
0: Yeah, that's my main contribution. Actually, it's more than dead <laughs> analyst it's
1: just meme meme curator. <laughs> no, I love it. And we recently, I don't think we said your name in the podcast. Maybe we did. I don't think so. Um, Nate and I talking about, um, some things on the podcast where you came up in a, a conversation you would have with Nate that sort of directly relates to this chapter in some ways. It's a, uh, yeah. Um, it a hundred percent
0: relates to this. And Nate was kind enough to, uh, use my name when it was a good thing. And, uh,
1: Avoid it when it when it was not so good. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw you under the bus now. Okay, no worries, <laughs> no worries, no worries. But actually, rereading this chapter for me was was kind of fun because it was just last year, like right before the pandemic started, that I really started exploring my full cramp and. It hadn't occurred to me that I was missing out on this whole set of techniques that came along with the full crimp, all these body positions that would change when I closed my hand down, you know, for sure. and, and that has opened up this whole world and made it exciting for me to want to work on that grip. Whereas before I thought of it as just a hand grip but it really isn't. It's this whole body technique and not having that one thing had limited me in so many more ways. For
0: sure. That's like, uh, so from my experience or with this chapter and why it's like powerful for me, um, like talking to, having a consult with Nate, we were talking about like, what are my weaknesses? What am I trying to do? Um, And we're kind of just going through a program, checking everything off. And uh, Nate, you could tell that Nate was like, oh, this looks good. Like, what's the, like, actual problem here? And he started asking about my technique. And I know that I've, like, never been, like, a really powerful climber. I've always, like, been gravitating towards that more, like, tension and kind of three points of contact, like, Mm -hmm. grab small stuff and, like, drive out of it kind of thing. And Nate just, like, very quickly spotted, like, okay, maybe you should try these drills and, like, tell me what you think about these. And how do you feel in them? And it, like, really quickly jumped out to me that, like, oh, I have, like, really big glaring problems in terms of doing, like, um, core cutaways or any sort of, like, Mm -hmm. campus bouldering, stuff like that. Things that are are the application of power inside of, like, a very sports-specific context, especially in, like, three-dimensional space. So, like, I knew that it was, like, kind of a weakness, but I had kind of gotten around it because I could look at other things to say that, like it wasn't necessary or that it wasn't actually a weakness. Right. Or I'd say like, say for like pulling power, something like that. I would look at pulling strength and it's like, Oh, I can do like weighted pull-ups with like plus 60 to 70% of my body weight. This isn't a problem. Right. But it's like, I can do that when my hands are like shoulder width on a bar, but it's like when my hands are further apart and my like shoulder position is less than optimal, like that drastically decreases. And then like, when I was looking back at so many um, like project boulders from this past season, it was like, Oh, I got to like, I cruised through like hard tension sections and I'd get to like, Oh, there's just like a powerful move. that's maybe like after the crux isn't even the like meat and potatoes of the thing. Mm -hmm. And I'd like try it once and I'd be like, Oh man, that's, I don't know about that. That's a little rough. I need to figure something else out for that. I was like just talking myself out of like good attempts on stuff because I was dodging this one thing.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a really common situation and I think it's really exciting to see you bumping up against that, especially as a data analyst where you can, you know, you can look at all these numbers and say that should add up to this if it were only a mathematical equation, you know, yeah. but you, but you know, and I appreciate this about your, your role in Power Company, I appreciate that you recognize that data does not add up as a precise mathematical equation. You know, that there are all these other things, but it's driving it home that it's happening to you. For sure. Absolutely. There's a a line in uh, the chapter on false ceilings that like
0: is i thought was just like the perfect embodiment of that you said this false ceiling i had bumped into was all about a lack of power and the techniques associated with it yeah and the techniques associated with it is the biggest part of that yeah like it's like i had kind of blinded myself like oh yeah i have check all the boxes of like what power looks like like on a campus board it's fine like it doesn't seem to be a glaring problem but like coordinating that movement through three-dimensional space like using a different technique aspect of it like it's not there. and I need to work on it. Like, I, th- I think it's really easy to get addicted to, like, a training tool and saying, like, okay, I have this thing. I've checked this box. And on paper, you're like, yep. But, like, when, I, when you're in the arena, so to speak, and you're trying to perform and you're running into that, it's, like, even though it's, like, right in your face, it can be so, like, hard to even acknowledge it. Like, you want to, like, run back into safety, like, real fast. And,
1: yeah, totally. I mean, you can measure your you know, your force production when you're with your pulling power and you can, that can lead you to think, oh, I have this high level pulling power. But in reality, you might not be able to pull the trigger from strange positions or with high feet, or, you know, you may not be willing to pull the trigger at all. That was my situation. Like I I had the actual physical power. I just, I wasn't able to access it in a climbing specific situation. Like I didn't want to leave my feet. I wanted everything to be slow and controlled. It was that feeling of losing control that was so tough for me, you know, especially sport climbing or up off the ground. You know, I could maybe do it in the gym on low cruxes, but actually outside climbing was a whole different thing. So you're right. It's the techniques associated with the power that was so important for me. For sure.
0: Same thing for me. Like I, uh, like in the past I had gotten really into the like power company rooting drills Mm -hmm. and like had dug into that like real deep. And as a result, like every move that I did was like a dead point. I had really like really good control of my momentum. Right. As long as it didn't involve me actually kicking off my <laughs> like, <laughs> like small feet, like tiny crimps, like yarding on them. Totally fine. doesn't matter. But like that skill aspect of like projecting past that and being okay with it was like a, like a bridge too far for whatever reason. And after talking to Nate, I was like uh, just asking some of my climbing partners. I'm like, when I cut feet, like what does that normally look like? And they're like, well, you yeah you don't really cut feet that often (laughs) when you you do it's over (laughs) yeah man i'm like oh that's not good and like once i saw this and i uh ran some of the drills that nate was talking to me about i recorded video of it i was like oh man like this is so obvious and in the essay you make the point of like if you can find these things like that's a really good thing you should be super happy about it so yeah once i realized this i like immediately messaged Nate. I was like, Holy crap. So psyched. Like this is hundred percent what I need to be doing. I can't believe I look this silly when I'm trying to be powerful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so funny how we can take a thing that we need and dig into it. And when, when it starts to feel good, we double down, you know, we go deeper and, and it's very easy to take it too far. I, I remember having this conversation with Angie Payne once, um, she had been practicing jumping, learning how to jump because her style is very core intensive. Keep your feet on, you know, own the positions. And she was learning to jump because that's where competition climbing was headed. And then I was watching a comp and she came out first on the problem and tried every jumping way possible to do this move. And then every subsequent competitor did it statically. And <laughs> and I talked to her after and I was like, did you just take it too far? And she's like, yeah, I didn't even, I just, I was expecting a jump because that's all I'd been practicing. And it didn't even occur to me that it might fit the way I used to climb. Right. Yeah. I don't want to,
0: I don't want to lose my sea legs completely, but Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I also don't want to be don't want to be that guy dynoing with straight legs all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally, man. I think it's it's so important, you know, to to take a look at your current skill set and ask where the holes are. And I think that's that's really what this whole chapter is about. Like we're we're limited by the things that we the holes in our skill set so much, but we very often don't look at where those holes are. For sure.
0: Or if we like, I don't know, it feels like a personal thing almost where some, where like, you like see a crux or something that you know you're going to be bad at. And you're like, Oh, I'm not into that. Like, that's not totally. like, that's not what I'm into. And it's like, that's not an audit of like, <clears throat> like you being bad at this one type of move. It's not an audit of you as a person or something. And you don't have to be freaked out about like failing on it. Like there's no, you're not going to lose some sort of value because you don't execute this crux perfectly. Like, or you've got something to learn from it, but it, that's the way that it feels sometimes. Where you are like, I am going to, yeah. I am going to skip past this. I am going to avoid these type of problems or these type of routes and cruxes because I know that like I am probably not going to do it as easily.
1: Like, yeah, it does feel that way. You know, we we put a lot of emotion, and a lot of our self worth into how well we perform climbing. You know, it's just a just a natural thing to do. So it can totally feel like it. It's a you know, a sentence on you as a person that you can't do this jump move.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> bad feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it can totally start to color your entire climbing experience, you know, that you are the person who's really good at finding The static way around the jump, and you start to want to own that story, you know. For sure. Then there are these classic jump moves that you're like, I'm gonna find the static way around it because that's what I do, you know. (laughs) Let me ruin this problem for myself (laughs) real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It's so easy to fall into all of these traps. And really that's what this whole book is about is trying to avoid the easy to fall into traps. For sure.
0: And yeah. I know that you like, uh, like a lot of the base on this is like nine out of ten climbers, like mm-hmm. as a starting point idea, like yeah. growing out of growing out of that kind of mindset, and like yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like I think Dave McLeod puts it as like your weaknesses or your are your enemies. Like that's like or your your tastes are your enemies. Like mm-hmm. that's what you have to like constantly be looking out for. It's like what do you like doing? Like do you do it all the time to avoid doing other stuff? Yeah, I had a. Uh, this past year, like, I always knew that I was, like, kind of bad at power, but I just didn't want to admit it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, with uh, my son being born uh, this past January, I couldn't train for, like, three months. And we had a trip coming up to go to the new So, I was, like, I don't really want to push the grade, but maybe, like, it'd be a good trip to, like, try, like, flashing stuff. And see if, I like, my skill set's still around and try flashing different things. And I had thought of, like, a couple fives that were, like... Um, like one of them, very classic, but very much in my style, like overhanging face climb. And there was mm. another one that's like V5 dyno. And I was like, I think I can do, I think I can flash both of these, but I'm like, they're going to require different things, but it's like, let's just test the skill set and see where it's at. And like the outcome was the same, like did both of them. But I knew that like standing in front of one, one of them, looking at it, I was like, I'm going to flash this. I'm a hundred percent confident in my yeah. ability to do this thing. Yep. Other one, like blacked out trying on this dyno, and like got it but like literally like lost it for a few seconds there and so like outcome was the same but there's like a lot of subjective feedback inside of that that I like like in that experience you in that experience like in that moment you're getting that feedback but like after that like high comes down and you're like looking at it later you're like oh yeah I did that one like like oh yeah it was fine that's like the experience on these two things even though the outcome was the same totally different like lots of lessons to be learned in one, whereas the other one was like very enjoyable and like, I don't know, just like uh, much more my style versus like the hard thing that I should be doing, even though they're technically the same.
1: The thing you enjoyed more is the thing you learn the least from, you know, and it's just such a valuable thing to recognize those subtleties and that nuance inside those data points. You know, yeah, and like I said in the beginning of this, I I, that's one of the things I really appreciate about your approach to, you know, looking at the data and talking with all of us about the data is that you're able to look at the nuance um, and, and take it into account. You know, I appreciate the time you put into writing to people who are, you know, have taken the assessment and saying this says this, but this isn't necessarily what it means, you know, and for sure. And I think that's just such a valuable part of having you on this team. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. You know, like I said to you earlier, these, these little chats are so much fun for me hearing how these chapters have, have reached other people. So, so I appreciate it. I can count on my friends to
0: call me out when I'm at the boulders, but it's good to have a book so that I can get called out in the comfort of my own
1: home. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad I could provide that for you. <laughs> <clears throat> awesome, man. Thank you a ton for doing this and I will talk to you again soon.
0: No problem, man. Much appreciated.
1: Tomorrow. The number one reason why your training doesn't work. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles.